Welcome to the First Church Podcast, a resource of First Church of God in Columbia City, Indiana. Our goal is to provide you with tools that you can use to help you in your new or growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Hi, my name is Jordan Chappell. I'm the middle school pastor here at First Church of God. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're back into our Timeless series talking about the book of Job. And the book of Job... uh, chronicles the life of Job, who was a godly man, uh, loved the Lord, uh, followed him. And one day we see this account at the beginning of the book where Satan goes to God and says, hey, he's only this way because of the things he has and the things you've given him. And so if we take all of that away, uh, he's not going to love you. He's not going to follow you. He's not going to serve you. And so God grants permission uh, for Satan to aff- afflict him in these ways, and he takes he takes all of the things that he has away from him, all the material possessions. He takes his kids away. Um, he takes his health away. Everything uh, you can imagine that you could put trust or hope in gets taken away. And um, what we see, that's in the first couple chapters of the book, And what we see is the account of how Job walks through this loss and this pain. And we get insight into conversations that he had with this small group of friends during this time. And I love um, 14.1, Job's talking about, and he says, man who is born of a woman, so like any person alive, is few of days and full of trouble. And I think sometimes our lives feel like that, that, man, life is short and it seems like we can never get a leg up. And we see some real and pretty raw honesty in this book of how um, how people walk through difficult things. And one of the things that we see that's pretty real and pretty honest is the friends that Job surrounds himself with. And honestly, in retrospect, as we look back, they weren't great friends. They weren't giving good advice because the advice they were constantly giving is, Job, you must have deserved this in some way. Like, you need to take a deep dive into your soul and figure out what you did, what you said, what you what you thought that that caused God to do these as retribution for you. But Job, Job, even in the midst of um, this this really terrible advice from his friends, uh, fixes his eyes on Jesus. And I don't want to say he always did it perfect, um, and that he was always this shining example of faith in the midst of hardship. But he did give us some some good insight in, into how we can survive these difficult things that we might walk through, whatever that is for you. In chapter nineteen, he says, "For I know that my redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth and after my skin has been destroyed my f- and in my flesh i shall see god uh, whom i shall see for myself and my eye shall behold not another. And we get this picture of this Redeemer. This, this is one of the first books historically that, that was written. And we already are getting this picture of a Redeemer that is alive and coming. And Job is putting his trust and his hope in him. And I don't want us to think this is a book about causality, like God is causing these bad things. Because I think it'd be really hard-pressed, um, especially in Job and then the rest of pages of scripture to, to make that argument. But I think we would miss the point if we don't notice that this is a book about the majesty in the magnitude 
of who God is. God is a big God, and there's a lot of things that we don't understand in this life, and there's a lot of things that we're never going to understand. And that's a really hard thing to wrestle through because we, we want to know what is going on in our lives. We want to have complete and total control, but the reality, and you realize this, the reality of most of the situations that we're in is we can control some things in our lives, but there's a lot we can't control in any given situation. We can't control other people. We can't control circumstances most of the time, but what we can control inside of uh, these, these circumstances that we face is how we respond and where we fix our eyes. Just like Job in the, in the middle of this book, uh, talking about all the hardship and even in the midst of the bad advice, he says, I know things are bad, but I also know that my Redeemer lives. I know that there's something bigger than me at work right now. I know that I'm a part uh, of a process that's going on inside of my heart, and I know that my Redeemer lives, and so I'm choosing to fix my eyes on my Redeemer, because he's far bigger and far greater than I can ever imagine. In chapter 26, we get these pictures of, uh, of who hangs the earth on nothing. Like we get the idea of gravity, but it's such a wild thing when you look at it from that way. He hangs the earth on nothing. Like it, it floats because of gravitational pulls and all of these things on nothing, and then by his power, he stilled the sea. And in, in ancient literature, sea is oftentimes um, the, this picture of chaos and uncertainty. And so we're saying that he can put the earth, spinning it, hanging it on nothing, and he has calmed and ordered the chaos God reminds us in chapter 38, he says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? God is a big God. God is an eternal God. God is actively working in the midst of our brokenness, and he's far, far bigger than we could ever imagine. And so at the end of the book, um, we see God dealing with this really bad theology of of the friends who said, hey, you must have messed up somehow because because all this bad stuff has... um, has come into your life. And what I love about this picture is how God deals with the bad theology. Because I think a lot of times we either uh, cast someone out of our presence, we know we're not friends with them anymore, when we disagree with how they view who God is, but instead uh, of striking them dead because of the theological stances that how they viewed God, God interacts with their thoughts and beliefs that weren't right with grace. In chapter 42, he's talking about how he's dealing with all of these people. And he says, I want, Job, I want you to sacrifice on behalf of your friends um, because they have not spoken. I'm not going to deal with them according to their folly, even though they haven't spoken to me what's right. And that's exactly the opposite of what the friends were telling uh, Job this whole time. They said uh, that, Job, you must have done something wrong, and that's why your life has turned out like this. Um, and so this is cause and effect, but God is saying, I'm not going to deal with you, even though you've spoken wrongly of me. I'm going to choose to show you grace. And so contrary to even their belief, God is gracious to them and gives them 
another chance. This this book is a is a beautiful piece of literature. It's a beautiful story that talks about how God is actively at work in the midst of brokenness. It talks about how God is far bigger than us and far bigger than anything we can comprehend. And we get to participate in the process of God reconciling all things to himself, God making what is broken, whole, and right again. We get to participate in that, putting our hope and our trust in a Redeemer who is alive.